Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast, the show empowering and educating people on how they can grow, manage, and protect their wealth through real estate investing. Now, here's your host, Bailey Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Bailey Kramer, and today we are joined by our very special guest, Jens Nielsen, to talk about achieving success with others. Jens immigrated to Denmark in 1996 after a long career in IT. He chose the entrepreneurial path and started investing in multifamily real estate. He currently owns 85 units in New Mexico and Colorado and is a general partner on over 885 syndicated units around the country, valued at over $50 million. Jens also has a passion for coaching new investors and enables their success through strategy, accountability, and personal growth. Welcome to the show, Jens. Thanks, Bailey. I really appreciate it. It's going to be a lot of fun today. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have you on and great topic today, achieving success with others. I know you mentioned you know, in the bio, ton of units, you know, bunch of different areas across the, the US. So I know that a lot of that had to do with partnerships and surrounding yourself with the right people, which is going to be a big part of today's show. So super excited. Before we jump into that section, though, why don't you go ahead, give the listeners a little bit of a background about yourself and how you got here? Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, as you can probably hear from my accent and my name, I wasn't born in this country. And you mentioned in the intro, you know, I immigrated from from Denmark um, quite a long time ago, 25 years ago. So I've been here about half my life, you know, in my late 40s now and uh, had a long career in IT. You know, as you mentioned, <clears throat> that was kind of I thought, you know, what you're supposed to do is, is work for get an education, work for somebody else and saving you 401k. But I also realized a few years ago that that path, while it was, you know, good income, it wasn't going to give me that financial abundance, that financial freedom that I was looking for. And I was looking at another 20 years of work, right? And at that time, I was, I, you know, I was kind of searching for a different path. And I remember clearly what really the, 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 the set me down this, this, this path was, I picked up a book on my, I uh, listened to Audible on my, on my phone while walking my dogs. And I picked up this real estate investing book like five years ago. And I was like, oh my God, this is, this is the path. And I went on a long walk with my dogs and I came home and I told my wife, I was like, man, we got to invest in real estate. She's like, what? <laughs> okay, well, whatever, let's do it. And you know, that's, that's kind of what the start was just really getting that inspiration from, from, from somebody else who had walked that path before, you know, and that's, right. that's how it all got started, you know, and tremendous growth since then, for sure. Right. So and do you remember the name of that book that you first read that got you, got, got you the itch? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was uh, How to Invest in Rental Real Estate by Brandon Turner from Big okay. Pocket, something like that. So yeah, great. One, great. Of the, one of the great books to pick up if you're starting out in this business, for sure. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 Bigger Pockets has a ton of great resources, and I've, I've read a few of their books as well. So, totally agree. So, you read that book, and that gave you the itch. What was your next steps to actually, you know, getting started, educating yourself, and, and making action? You know, I'm uh, I'm kind of a guy who once I decide on something, there's not a lot of time between decision and action, right? <laughs> so, uh, I. You know, I started, I read that book and I read a few more. And I was like, man, I really, and I started listening to every last post- podcast I could find out there. And <clears throat> I, I decided to just reach out to people because I was like, oh, I know some people that are in this business already. So I reached out to a good friend 
who had been doing it, uh, investing for years. And I was like, Hey man, how do we, how, how, how do I get started? And he's like, yeah, it's not too hard. And he kind of walked me through the, the basics and, and then he gave me some resources or some actually some connections. So he connected me with some people who, um, actually a broker that helped me get my first deal, second deal, third deal, fourth deal, and, <laughs> and I partnered with him as well. So that was, just a great introduction to kind of get me, get me started for sure. Right. And what year was it that you got your first deal? It was uh, uh, 2016. So, I mean, it's it's not even five years ago. Right. Uh, I think this summer of 2021, it'll be five years. Wow. So l- l- let's dive into that first deal. I- I'm curious to know, you know, so you, you read the book, you connected with your friend who's been in the industry. He connected with your broker. How did you actually go about taking down the deal, raising the money, underwriting the deal, managing it, the whole the whole thing? Yeah. So luckily, you know, I had saved money in my, you know, just to stock market investing and stock market things. I had some capital. So that helped with that first deal. And the first deal was actually just a fourplex in Albuquerque, New Mexico, bought a fourplex, excuse me, bought a fourplex really inexpensively. I think it was $117,000 or something like that. Right. That's a deal. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Sounds like it. Pretty old. It was probably built in the fifties pretty worn out, not in a great area of town, but I was like, Hey, what can possibly go wrong? <laughs> so we bought it, you know, we got, we did it. We rehabbed some units, you know, got professional management because I wasn't living there. So, and I knew, and I knew early on, this is, I think something that's really important. I knew early on that I wanted to be an investor, not an owner operator, if that makes sense. I didn't want to be the guy out there trying to fix the leaky toilets and manage the tenants <laughs> that I would hire somebody for that. So I wanted to be, investor. And I, I did that early on, which has really saved my path too. So, uh, so yeah, so that was the first deal, a small fourplex, which I actually sold it early uh, 2020 and made, you know, decent profit on it. And, uh, and it was like, you know, just uh, kind of moving on to bigger deals. Right. And so for, for that first deal, I know you mentioned you had the broker relationship. That was kind of a mutual connection. As far as just the education and I guess the guts to actually go ahead and do it, what are the resources did you use to, hand, you know, to, to know that it was a good deal and to find the property management company and, and get the pieces together? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I, I did use bigger pockets a lot, try to, you know, analyze deals, right? Trying to understand, you know, income and expenses and all those things, right? So that was, you know, again, being, having an IT background, I'm, I'm, I was a logical thinker. So I would, you know, build my yeah. own spreadsheets and try to figure all this stuff out and, you know, all the things that I think new investors struggle with is, you know, what expenses should I use and all these things, but I just kind of put it together. And then, you know, this broker I connected with loved to work with newer investors. So he was also giving his input and stuff. So, so I kind of felt like, you know, this made sense based on the rents, based on the projected expenses, based upon the research I'd done, my own spreadsheet I'd built and so forth. So I felt, I felt that was good. I felt, you know, um, uh, that at that point I had the confidence to move forward because again, you know, it was some money I had saved up. I felt like, you know, Hey, I can risk this money. It's my own capital. I don't have to get any investors in. Right. And, uh, it was kind of jumped into it, you know, and, uh, and luckily, you know, when you do a smaller deals, you can get regular financing and good, good long-term debt on there. So right. that part wasn't so risky either. Right. So, so you did your first deal, like you said, you, you, you built up the confidence, you went through the transaction you had you had the 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 system running the property running what was next for you where 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 do you go from there 
Yeah, so shortly thereafter, we actually bought another fourplex in the same kind of neighborhood. Um, okay. Because I, you know, after I saw a month or two of like, hey, somebody actually paying me money and I get money in my mailbox, if you will, and I don't have to do anything. I really got like super excited about it. So I bought another fourplex kind of in the same neighborhood. Um, so that was the second deal. And then I was like, you know, fourplex is okay, but I I really wanted to go a little bit bigger and I wanted to find something because I saw the scale. So my third deal was um, was an 11 unit um, and the same broker connecting with that because I felt like I wanted to grow scale a little bit because I'd seen the benefit of, I well, I hadn't seen it. I, I, I suspected that scale was the was the way to really grow a little bit quicker and, and, right. and get some additional benefits there. So we found this 11 unit, but it's an interesting deal because we actually got it on seller financing um, uh, because it, the seller wanted to hold a note because it wasn't in good shape and we probably the bank wouldn't have financed it. So the seller actually carried the note and we were in there and really fixing up the units and making a, not, uh, a much better place. And that place is actually really good cash flowing now. I still own it. I've refinanced it since and it's, it's a pretty awesome little deal. Awesome. So can, can you touch on seller financing real quick? It's, it's, a, it's a term that I think a lot of people hear, but maybe not fully understand. And can you, so can you talk about what it is and how you actually got about getting a deal on seller finance? Yeah, seller financing is owner carry, or it's basically that the owner carries the mortgage or the debt on that deal versus you going to a bank. And especially once you move from you know, four or five units and above, you have to get a commercial loan on there. It's, it's a whole other deal. It's more expensive. You know, appraisals are more expensive. You don't get it fully amortized. So it's usually a, a five or maybe a 10-year balloon payment, which scares some people. Right. Um, but, you know, it, it's a partner. Your lender is a partner. But in this case, the seller wanted to finance the mortgage. So I had to come down with my, I had to come up with a down payment. And, and the great thing about seller financing is that you can negotiate with the seller, right? There's no set right. thing as terms. So I think we, this was a 375,000 deal. And I think we came up with $550,000. So, so pretty low down payment. And, you know, we can negotiate the terms, uh, the interest rate, the, the duration, everything else. And do you do you remember what you originally got as far as the terms, interest rate from from the seller? I think it was five percent interest, twenty five year amortization, and the five or seven year term or something. Like okay. That. But the really interesting thing, and this is where we got super creative, because when we when we did the walkthrough, we realized, man, this needs a lot of work. And I'm talking, you know, probably a hundred thousand dollars worth of work here. Wow. And I was like, man, I don't have that money. <laughs> so, so the seller, and so this is where my broker experience came, his experience came in. He said, well, maybe we'll do like a year of no payment, you know, based not even only, not even interest only, just no payment. I think we got 10 months. So every dollar that came in, I could put it back into the property. So after 10 months, we started amortizing or paying off the debt, but that gave me, you know, 10 months of like five or $6,000 a month of income to put back into the property. Right. It wasn't quite enough, but it helped. <laughs> right. And, and how, how large was this, was this third property you're talking about? Uh, 11 units, uh, okay. $375,000 purchase price. Gotcha. And, and so is this still just you by yourself with, with your, with your broker? Uh, but, but you, you know, you are you the main investor on this deal? 
That's right. Yeah. So it's me and my wife, you know, again, okay. we had saved some money over time. And so that was just her and I, right. But at that time I also, uh, I was out of money. <laughs> so <laughs> I, had, I put all my capital into those deals. So, and that's why I went to my broker. I said, Hey, you know, if I find a larger deal, do you want a partner? Cause he is also an investor and I, he had talked about his partnership here. So partnerships he had created, he said, Hey, if you find it, if so I told him, if I find a deal that makes sense, do you want a partner? I can probably find a couple of investors, you know, and that's, he said, yeah, for sure. Right. And then that really gave me that next level. It's like, ah, now I can start like scaling and, and right. bringing in investors. So you, you know, you took down that third deal and you realize, okay, this is great. Now I kind of want to go to the next level. What did that look like? What was that next deal that came about? Yeah. So the next level, and I don't want to, you know, make it sound like this is easy and it was just stuff I did. Right. Right. I right. Mean, there was a lot of, now we're, you know, now we're like a year down the, the investing path here. Right. I've gotten those few deals, learned the lessons and, and right. educated myself through studying and everything else. So it wasn't just roses and unicorns here. I of mean, there's a lot of work <laughs> built of into course. this. But I had also made the decision when I first started, uh, heard some podcasts around syndications and partnership and, and investors, like, man, this, I had no idea you could do this. Once I learned that, I was like, this is what I want to do. I made that decision. I didn't know how it was going to look, but I made the decision, right? So I want to just kind of step back and said, hey, it's, it wasn't just, you know, something I just did. It, it, was, right. it was work involved there. So the, the next deal, the third deal, it was actually 38 units. This is, um, this is still in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where my other deals were. Okay. Um, I found it on LoopNet. And a lot of people, you know, <laughs> say LoopNet is where deals go to die and whatever. This deal had been on the contract uh, once. It had fallen out of contract because, again, it was pretty rough. Fallen out of contract. And I think it was listed in a million five. And we ended up getting it for a million two for 38 units. I mean, that was a hell of a, that was a steal, right? Right. <laughs> Um, but you know, we needed a lot of money because again, this is a rough deal. And so I went to a couple of my friends and we said, Hey, you know, do you guys want to partner? We'll do a JV structure here, joint venture structure. Um, you know, so it's two of my friends, myself, my broker, and then another guy. So five of us went in there and we actually put like $600,000. So we put like 50% of the down because the bank wow. wasn't going to lend us anymore. Wow. <laughs> um, but they gave us then a construction loan to go in and fix up these units, right? Because we knew, you know, this is like a $10,000, $15,000 door rehab project. So they gave us a construction loan. So over the next two years, we went through every unit and we fixed them up. We made them, you know, from crappy C minus to like C plus with nice, nice flooring, you know, right. kitchen, bathrooms and everything else. And so, so that deal is actually... It's looking great right now. We're looking to find it, refinance it here in the next few months. So it's oh great, it's worked out really well. So, so, what was the hardest part of moving from just you and your wife solo investing in these four unit, eleven unit deals to then bringing in partners to take down a thirty? What you say, thirty four unit? Thirty eight. Thirty eight. Yeah. So, what, what was the hardest part of, of that transition? So you're taking on other people's money, right? And you have to take that very seriously. It's not, it's not monopoly money here. This is people's real savings that they work right. really hard to make. So while you feel like you can risk your own money, you have to be double 
sure that what you're doing makes sense, that you've done the underwriting, that you're confident in your business plan. Of course, things may still change, but just really be confident there. And also really make sure you sit down and and talk to that person and said, hey, here are all my underwriting and and how this is going to go. What questions do you have? What concerns do you have? How can we address them? You know, so really just getting that level of confidence that they are willing to, to go into this deal with you. And they also, that you've done your education, you've done your research, you've done your due diligence on that. Right. You know, but also I think, you know, I, I'm not afraid because I'm not asking people for money. I'm giving an opportunity that they otherwise would not have, right? Because right. most people, you know, one of my friends is a doctor. He doesn't have time to go out there and invest. Um, so th- these are opportunities they otherwise wouldn't have. I think that's, that's the mindset we have to have is opportunity, not asking for money, right? Right, yeah, right, totally. And an- another common theme that, I, that I've heard throughout your story and all these different properties you've had is they've had a he- heavy value add component co- component where you need to come in and make some renovations because it's in rough shape, like you said. So do you have any construction background or if not, or even if you do, what hurdles did you have to jump over to actually get these units renovated? Now, I don't have a construction background. I mean, I'm... I'm, I, I, I kind of used my broker's experience because he's not only a broker, he owns a property management company. He's rehabbed hundreds and hundreds of units, right? Awesome. So I leaned on him to say, okay, what do you think this is going to cost? And we sat down and put the budget together and so forth. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I kind of have an idea, right? I know what it would cost to put in flooring. I know what the bathroom right. So I could kind of get my own estimates on everything. Um, I will say though, there's a ton of risk in that, that strategy. And it's not a strategy I really use anymore. We can talk more about that, but it okay. was a strategy that worked back then because you take something that's worth, oh, you pay maybe 30 K a door, you fix it up and now it's worth, you know, 50 K a door, right? So you increase the value, but there are a lot of, we ran into a lot of problems along the way. Like the plumbing was all shot in the, in the mm. floor. So we had to redo a bunch of the plumbing. Um, you know, literally f- f- leaks and and other things, right? So it's really hard to control your budget. So I don't like those heavy value add deals, especially not if you're going with a bunch of investors because of the, you know, inconsistency in paying out your investors and so forth. Right, right. So uh, last question I have, want to touch on about the 38 unit that I want you to kind of catch us up to speed where you are now. But down that 38 unit, you mentioned you had partners, you had the broker, a few people you knew, what were the different roles that everyone played? What was your role in particular? And, you know, how did that come about? Yeah, so my role was really, you know, I found it. Actually, I found the deal and, you know, did the initial underwriting. So a lot of the initial underwriting, putting the budget together, did you know, like kind of the presentation for, for the partners and everything. So that was my key role. And then, you know, as we've been, I've been, as we've been going through this project, I've been summarizing the monthly statements and kind of looking at what our, you know, what our net operating income is and all those things are kind of on the financial level. Uh, that was my key thing, right? My two partners, um, they were more involved initially doing the initial kind of, you know, underwriting and stuff. And they're, they're not super active. I mean, they, they look over the numbers and make sure yeah. that they're still happy with it. My broker slash property manager, I mean, he managed most of the rehab and, you know, the management of it. Right. And I would go there, you know, 
every month, every six weeks, and just kind of check on the progress and we'll talk about it. You know, and then the third, uh, sorry, the fifth partner, he's, um, I think he, he dealt with some of the bank account setups and some of the loan stuff and whatever. So everybody has a, had a role. Mine was definitely more active than some of the other, right. other partners in the deal for sure. Oh, great, great. So now catch us up to speed of where you are now in your business. I know you said you kind of are stepping away from those heavy value add deals. Where, where are you now? Yeah. So, you know, I've shifted from, I've shifted from the smaller deals. So I sold my two fourplexes. Um, I bought a couple of other deals myself, a 16 unit and another 11 unit in that market. But those are again, kind of deals I just own by myself. Um, but I realized at some point, right. I really liked the idea of bringing in equity partners or money partners to take down larger deals, right. the syndication model. And it took me a little while to kind of figure out how to get into it. So I also realized I had to go out and get some education and get surrounded by people that were actually doing this, this idea of stepping into a world of people that are ahead of you in the sense that they've done something that you haven't done yet. So I joined an educational program and got really surrounded myself with a lot of people that were super successful. And I was able to join some teams there to start doing the first syndication, the first larger deal. And it was actually a 212 unit deal in, in uh, Atlanta, you know, and oh my God, how did you go from 38 to 212? Well, <laughs> I stepped in on a team. I was able to go in there and add a little bit of value, be kind of what we call a co-sponsor. So I, I helped raise some equity, raise some money. I helped do some due diligence, some underwriting and kind of, you know, a little bit of asset management along the way. Right. So I had a very, very small role, but it gave me the confidence to say, Hey, now I'm actually syndicating deals right now. I'm actually part of some bigger, some bigger, um, some bigger deals here. And that's kind of what was where it, where it started, right? Surrounding myself with the right people and then started in getting involved in these bigger properties. And right. since then, you know, we've done, we've done, um, I think, as you mentioned in the intro, over 800 units with our deals in Atlanta, Phoenix, uh, Cleveland, and uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, so some of the areas that we've been investing in. Right. That, and that, that's great too. And the, I'm curious to know, do you still, so to take down those deals in all those different States, are you continuing kind of what you did in Atlanta, partnering up with different teams in those markets or how are you going about all these different markets? Yeah. So this is one of the things I kind of initially, I partnered with a few different people, um, a few different teams that say the right. Phoenix deal and stuff. I realize now that there's not a, an avenue I want to continue to pursue because um, I don't always feel like, you know, you need to be in complete alignment with the people you're working with. So I've now really created a very strong team up in that Northeast part of the, uh, part of the country, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Um, I'm far away from there, but that doesn't matter because the way I add value is, is different from that. So now I'm like, I have one partner and then we've done, and we did, this is, we've done three, four, we have five, six deals now, something like that together. And we really work well together. And I think that's one of the key things I think maybe to kind of go into is how do you, how do you achieve success through partnerships? Right. 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 So I, with, with those partnerships now, you know, for, you know, cross country, basically, how do you guys, I guess, keep up and communicate and, and the different roles you guys play? Yeah. So, and maybe I want to step back again. So the way I, and I, everybody I work with, everybody I talk to is figure out 
how you can add value to somebody else. How can you create right. some sort of partnership? Because my limiting belief early on was really, oh, I can do it all by myself. But once I realized that, no, I really need to find the right partners, that's the time where I, I started thinking about that. Okay, how can we do this? And I actually ran into my partner, Jason, at an event in your state. Uh, it was in, uh, I think it was in Tampa f- three years ago. Um, I was on, yeah, two years ago, actually, only. And at that time, I was like, hey, you know, I've done a few deals, you know, but I want to grow bigger. And he's like, yeah, you know, I've done one syndication. We're doing this 205 unit deal, you know. And I say, like, man, if there's a way I can help you, <laughs> let me know. And he's, he, I think the key thing is here, he is a different style and personality than me. He thinks bigger. He thinks like that, hey, he'll start, start a bunch of cool things. And then I'll come in there behind, and like kind of <laughs> fill in the gaps and do a lot of the, Right. the actual work that needs to be done. <laughs> and uh, because of my, you know, my organized nature, right. And I think that's really worked out because, you know, I'm the guy who's making sure all the legal paperwork is put together in the right order. And we are right. getting the signatures and we're getting the bank accounts and we're getting the portals set up and all the underwriting and all that stuff. So I handle a lot of stuff I can do remotely. You know, he sends me all the, all the, 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 the financials from the seller and I will put it into the spreadsheet and I will look at it and, and, and get all the, the portals set up. And of course, you know, I've traveled up there many times to right. do actual physical due diligence to walk through the units and all that, you know, but he managed the day, day-to-day hands-on because he also has a property management company. So that's where we divide some of that labor for sure. Right. Right. And that that's, sounds like a good partnership. So, and it sounds like too, throughout your experience, You've had a bunch of different partners, you know, really all over the country. What, what are some tips to actually finding a partner, whether it's qualities to look for, you know, or even, even starting, how, how do someone go about finding a partner? <laughs> yeah, that was something I struggled with in early on, right? I mean, I would, sit, I would sit down and kind of take an inventory of your own strength, right? So what are you really good at? And I, you know, I'm good at organizing. I'm good at being... Um, you know, project plans and, and, you know, kind of doing, doing some of those things that other people may find tedious. Right. So I need to go and find a partner who is not exactly like me because I don't want to need to find another (laughs) behind a computer guide because I can do that. So this is a key thing. And I think we always get it. We always attracted to people that like us, but that's not necessarily our best partners. So we need to find somebody, of course, somebody you like, somebody you get along with, but has a slightly different set of skills, right? And I think this is where the great partnership comes in. Who can see, you know, maybe I'm in the weeds and the details. I need somebody who can see the bigger vision, the bigger future. And I can help him fulfill that or her fulfill that, right? And vice versa, you know. How do you find them? Well, you know, obviously back in the day when we can go to conferences, that was a great way to meet people, right? Yeah. What what, what were some conferences? What were some conferences that you went to that you, that you really enjoyed? So I've gone to um, like, they've gone to Denver to the best ever conference with Joe Fairless. I've gone to around the country with uh, Rod Cleef, some of his events. I've gone to, man, I've gone to the real estate guys conference down in Dallas. So anywhere where there's some networking, yeah. uh, you know, educational too, but the networking is, I find much more, much more interesting. Right. You know? And then you start to just find some people and you're like, okay, 
you know, this guy's doing, or this girl's doing this. How can I maybe add? And you just kind of, you just kind of talk to as many people who can and said, Oh, this guy has a need. Or this person has a need that I can potentially fulfill. Right. How can I step in there? Because you always see these like little, all oh, these guys have, they have everything they need. How can I add value? But you'll be surprised. There's always a way to come in there. You just gotta, you know, see as many people as you can. And right now, you know, with, you know, most of it being virtual. I mean, there's still, I mean, there's so many more meetups and conferences and events you can go to. And I think they're getting a lot better at having breakout rooms and, and, and right. so forth. And just, but follow up, find somebody, follow up, keep building that relationship, keep just talking to those people and really see how can I, how can I add value and what is the right. value you can add? That's how I always approached it. Yeah. And, and I know everyone's situation is, is different, but is there something that you find a lot of people need a lot, a lot of operators need, is it money? Is it deals? Something that, that, that someone could add value to, is there something in particular that stands out? Yeah, I think both money and deals are definitely yeah. the, the key things. Right. And I think we're all out hunting, hunting for deals these days and, and hunting for money. So I definitely, you know, deals can be tough to get, get these days. I think money, I mean, you should definitely, if you ever want to move beyond your own deals, you need to start creating a network of potential investors. So you have that to bring to your own deal to somebody else's deal, whatever that may be. So no, no right. questions asked there. I think also organization, you know, because it's cool to go and get a deal and close it, but then, oh man, now we've got to go into asset management. <laughs> so all those little details that may, people may find tedious, if you're good at that, you can add tremendous value there. You know, I mean, we, we worked through a deal in Cleveland, took a long time and having the, I had, we had somebody else helping with that too. Having somebody to really keep all the ducks in a row, if you will, was super valuable because there's yeah. so many moving pieces and just project management. I mean, there's nothing different than any project you would do in an IT company or any other larger deal. Right. Great. Great. So is there any last thing you want to mention about the topic achieving success with others before we move on to the next section of our show? Just don't have the limiting belief that you can do it all yourself, right? Just right. make sure that you can go out, that you are okay with exposing yourself and being vulnerable enough to bring in partners. That's really the key thing. And this could be, you know, and I think one of the big things early on was just building a team. I didn't know that I understood. Now I have a much better, clearer vision of what a team looks like. So, right. so that, I think that's just the key thing, like find a way to add value and don't be shy about sharing it. Right. Wow. So, super valuable. Thanks for sharing that. So we're now going to move on to the next section of our show, which is the big four, where we ask all of our guests the same four questions. So Jens, number one, what's your number one habit for success? It's getting up at 5 a.m. every morning and having my morning routine, exercise, journaling, reading, some visualization, looking at my goals. I mean, I've been doing that for, for years and it's just getting the day started right. No questions yeah. asked. Is, is that the miracle, miracle morning? Kind of. I have adapted, Your version a little, of it. adapted it. Yeah, it's my version of it for sure. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. So question number two, limiting beliefs are thoughts in our heads that hold us back from realizing our potential. What is one limiting belief that you were able to crush and how did that impact your life? So <clears throat> I talked about the partnerships and I'm not going to go into that again. I think my limiting belief initially was, oh, I'll just buy smaller deals by myself for the next 10 years and get to my goal. So my limiting belief wasn't thinking big enough. 
I wasn't thinking that I could bring other people's money in, that I could do bigger right. things. So, so just think bigger than what your immediate world looks like and, and see how you can achieve that. Love that. Question number three, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to invest actively in real estate for the first time? I would get some education for sure. I would, you know, read as many books as you can, listen to as many podcasts, but also surround yourself with people that are actually doing it because it can become very passive if you are in a sense that you're just consuming information. So try to get surround yourself with, you know, educational group or whatever that may get a coach or something. Right. And then also just take some action. I mean, if you have money, go out there and get that first deal. If you don't have money, find some partners and go and get that first deal, whatever it is. The first deal is going to really, that's going to be a game changer. Right. Yeah. Great, great piece of advice. And last question, number four, what is your favorite real estate business or personal development related book? Yeah. And I actually pulled it up right here. So this is, I don't know if it'll show on the camera. Uh, It kind of goes away, but it's the high performance habits by Brendan Burchard. High performance habits. Yeah, by Brendan Burchard, and he's um, yeah he's a high performance coach. He's um, a marketer, and and those habits are just they'll change your life if you yeah. if you read that book and follow them. Awesome. Yeah, I, that that's actually a book I haven't heard about, but something I'll definitely check out. So I appreciate the recommendation. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. And and Jens, where can the listeners get a hold of you? Yeah. So my my website is open doors with an s capital dot com. So open doors capital.com and you can email me at jens at opendoorscapital.com. And one thing I want to offer your listeners is I've had many free calls with people around the country. So if anybody wants to get on a call with me, talk about real estate, talking about anything else, they can go to opendoorscapital.com slash call and schedule a free 20 minute call with me. So that's my, that's my offer to any of your listeners. Awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate that. And I highly recommend that, you know, my listeners take advantage of that. So yeah, it was an absolute pleasure having you on the show today. Really appreciate you coming on, talking about your journey from, you know, your first fourplex to then moving up in, in scale, partnering with people around the country and, and really making it happen. So thanks again, Jens. And I really appreciate you coming on. Thanks, Bailey. It was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Investing Made Simple podcast. For more resources or to connect with us further, please visit our website, www.baileykramer.com. We'll see you next time.